You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where every episode we discuss a different album from Robert Emery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. This episode, we'll be talking about Van Halen, 1984. In the room, I have Rob. Oh, hey, buddy. And on the line, I have Kyle. Hi there. And Jackson. Hello. 1984 is the 60th album by the American rock band Van Halen, released on the 9th of January, 1984. The producer was Ted Templeman, and the genre is glam, metal, hard rock, heavy metal, synth rock, and pop rock. I'm going to read from All Music Review, Stephen Thomas Irwine. At the time of its release, much of the fuss surrounding 1984 involved Van Halen's adoption of the synthesizers. On this, their sixth album, a hoopla that was a bit of a red herring since the band had been layering in synths since their third album, uh, Women and Children First. Those synths were either buried beneath guitars or used as textures, even on instrumentals where they were the main instrument. But here they are pushed to the forefront on Jump, the album's first single, and the one of the chief reasons this became a blockbuster. Crossing over to pop audiences, Van Halen had flirted with before, but had never quite won over. Of course, the mere addition of synth wasn't enough to rope in fair-weathered fans. They needed pop hooks and pop songs, which 1984 had. Most gloriously, on the exuberant timeless jump, there the synth plays a circular riff, that wouldn't have sounded as overpowering on guitar, but the band didn't dispense with their signature monolithic pulsing rock. Alex Van Halen and Michael Anthony grounded the song, keeping it from floating to pop, and David Lee Roth simply exploded with boundless energy, making this seem rock and roll no matter how close it got to pop. And Jump was about as close as 1984 got to pop as the other seven songs were heavy rock. The anthems Panama and Hot for Teacher grabbed center stage, how could they not <laughs> when the former is a band signature sound elevated to performance art with the latter being as lean and giddy their one anthem that could be credibly covered in garage rockers. It's a shame that Roth left after this album, but maybe it's for the best since there's no way Van Halen could have bettered this album with Dave around and they didn't better it once Sammy joined either. <laughs> All right. What do we think of Van Halen 1984? I love it. Gonna jump? I am gonna <laughs> jump off that skyscraper that the uh, <laughs> that the song is written about. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, 19, uh, 1984. Yeah, thank you, Jackson, for that. I don't think that uh, I had ever listened to this record uh, forwards and backwards before this week. Really? Yeah, I knew the the cuts. I knew some of the deep cuts, but but it's the first time I had gone from the title track to House of Pain in one sitting. Okay, and wowie zowie. What a uh, what a ride it was! It's quite a ride. It was, I was a little less impressed. I mean, doing the research and in, in 
I remembered it because my brother had Van Halen albums, and this was just, you know, of the time. This is huge. How old is your brother? Uh, he's eight years older than me. Okay, yeah. I, I have the brother that's two and a half years older than me, so he was a Van Hagar man. Okay. So my, my experience was, uh, you know, the yeah. caffeine-free, clear, crystal Pepsi yep. And, yep. Uh, and pound cake. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> I forgot about that right now. <laughs> but and so, yeah, going back and re-listening, I was a little like, eh, sure, it's good. It's pop hooks. I mean, they're doing their damnedest. Uh, Van Halen, I've always been super impressed with his guitar work. But at the same time, I, I mean, it's cheesy and they know it's cheesy and that kind of makes it OK. But it also makes it a little like I don't really care that much i mean i care about <laughs> songs like like panama is a like a rocking song mm-hmm. you know it's just that they they work in this weird area that's almost spinal tap-esque i mean i know that's where spinal tap came from but it's just adolescence like girls are cute cars are cool yeah rock and roll and like <laughs> the lyrics just like make me laugh every time did you not in a good way did you ever see the heavy metal like uh, rebuttal to Band Aid? No. Oh God! Oh no, Rob! Don't bring that up. <laughs> I forgot all about that. I forget the name of it. But the song's called Wee oh, Stars. Hearing Aid. Hearing it was Aid. Yes, <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, but you bringing up uh, like the um, Spinal Tap thing, yeah. like uh, David Saint. Uh, whatever from spinal taps in the, in the middle of everybody singing <laughs> along with them. Sorry, the off, off the beaten track. But so you would, you, does this kind of like fit into that mold of, um, I don't know, not quite the, uh, I mean, they, they were older than the, um, the sunset strip guys and the yeah. goofy ass shit that they're going to be doing. Uh, it's really Roth. I mean, he's just a goofball. It's, you, you, it's purely him. You, you, you don't like the uh, shucking and jiving uh, front man. It's, I think don't his energy's that. great. I mean, and he has a good voice. It's just the terrible lyrics. And yeah, they're bad. They're real bad. Panama is really funny because I guess uh, somebody wrote a review and they're like, oh, DLR, like he only sings about like, babes and hard partying and fast cars and he was like i never wrote a song about a car so that's the panama <laughs> yeah, yeah i always thought this song was about getting a blowjob <laughs> yeah i never knew it was about cars until uh, the past week or maybe that was the, the, just the bridge is about getting blown one yeah. of the two but it's 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 kind of like what do you do do you accept it i mean i but i think acdc has even like they're, they're in the same genre i think they're in the same genre of acdc <laughs> you have good guitar players you have a good singer. Lyrics are terrible. <laughs> yeah. But this is more pop oriented. And I think that's where I, I I stray more towards the sort of the true roots of ACDC. Although I love Eddie's playing is just it's so good. Phenomenal. He's, nobody thought in, in Hot for Teacher, like the drum intro gets me every time. I, I just can't deny something that that amazing i mean it's going it was at 265 uh, bpms and he's playing those roles i mean get out of here and plus it's it's literally doing what uh, it's a take on the lagrange just amped up to 11 Mm -hmm. it's like they saw zz top and they're like that's really cool let's just do that let's let's play it four times faster 
I mean, yeah, that's what I thought about this record. This reminded me of the last uh, ZZ Top record we were just talking about. Eliminator? Because everybody was so, like, outside of Eddie Van Halen, like, everybody was so hesitant about having, like, a keyboard line that was a lead, you know, on Jump, and that was their number one song of all time. Yeah, still is, right? Yeah. That's one of the reasons why I wanted to play keyboards. Like, that that made keyboards cool. Really? Yeah, it was fucking, like, that's a cool, it's a cool lick. It's a fucking giant-sounding keyboard. I think that's an OBXA Oberheim. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, so it's just undeniable. Like, and he had like written it on guitar first and then transposed it over to keyboard and like, you know, you know, so they were the difference of the way it sounds played on guitar versus keyboard. It's just not, it's not as good a song. No. Like if it's played on guitar. It's not. Ah, top Jimmy. (laughs) Yeah. This song is one of the songs I was like, no, I mean, top Jimmy cooks, man. You get a lot of like, throwdowns, I feel like, in these songs. Like, Top Jimmy and the next one, Drop Dead Legs. Like, not not the most sophisticated, I guess, songs. Well, the guitar playing, though. Yeah. But I, I right that, there. That's what it is. I feel like... <laughs> I feel like it it, br- it just brings out the the guitar playing and the and the drumming. I mean, the whole band is, is very solid. It's just... <laughs> I, I just and David Lee Roth's a great singer too. I mean, he's yeah. like a great singer for this type of, you know, this this flavor of rock it's, music. It's like they saw those bands like Rush and Yes, and they thought too sophisticated, dumb it. Like let's let's make it real basic. Let's have fun. Yeah. Let's stop taking ourselves so seriously. Yeah. So you guys read about how uh. Michael McDonald was uh, showed up on this record, right? No, I didn't. Yeah. Tickled when I read about this. Um, my favorite track off this record is All Wait. I guess like DLR was kind of drawing a blank on how to how to sing it, you know, like the melody and stuff. So they brought in Michael McDonald. I got this quote. I met DLR at Ted's office. That was uh, an interesting experience. He kind of liked... What I had going, so we sat there in the office with a demo playing on a cassette recorder, singing lines and melodies. Wouldn't you want to hear that to be a fly on the wall? <laughs> I love you. Definitely. Michael McDonald, <laughs> He just seems to pop up everywhere. Uh, I mean, yeah. we've been talking about all these all these different albums, and I feel like Michael McDonald is one of those people that just continues to pop up yeah <laughs> i don't think we'll get any of his solo work in this book but he he is he is all over the place yeah in this book now hot for teacher though yes i mean teacher. what do you think about hot for such teacher? a ripper such a ripper and who who remembers the video sit down waldo as a, as a child <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah it was very <laughs> i mean that was so cool at the time very, very uh, obvious play to uh, adolescent sexuality. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, on the, I was looking so hard on YouTube for like the pop up video for it. Um, mm. Doesn't exist, but like the the if you can find it, dear listener, watch it. Uh, the breakdown of everything that's happening is incredible. But the best is like uh, you know the guy who played that amazing drum intro and drum part like was the guy who also couldn't dance <laughs> in the uh, in the video. He's completely and utterly off time with everybody else <laughs> inability to do any of those moves. That's awesome. Wait, you talking about uh Van Halen? Yeah. Like Alex? Oh, okay. yeah, Alex can't do it. 
Oh, this is going to tie into a uh, Purple Rain, but um, Hot for Teacher was uh, one of the songs that was targeted by Tipper Gore and the Parents Music Resource Center. Mm. Um, I really like this quote from Tipper Gore. Um, and we've all seen this video, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. The images frightened my children, and they frightened me. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to punch Al Gore's kids in the face. Oh, <laughs> man. I'm um, frightened. Question for you guys, uh, jumping back to top Jimmy, uh, the very end of it, the drums, the I'm, it's almost like it, the drums at the very end were going to lead directly into Hot for Teacher. Did anybody else get I, that? I got that too. It's got a very, yeah. Yeah, like it's similar vibe. just them by the lonesome and then it just cuts out. So I think that maybe uh, when they were figuring out how to, uh, track, how to track things, mm-hmm. they accidentally left something. <laughs> on the tail end. Dead legs, man. Those guitar legs. Good God. I mean, all the guitar legs in this, but yeah. that, that, that's, yeah, that's you can the really stand up thing. Whatever you want about the band, and then it's like, but at the end of the day. But seriously, Eddie, though. Fucking Eddie Van Halen is. Yeah. Just like bleeding all over this album. Yeah. It's like you can't, you can't bash people. Like you can't bash Zappa, and even though we laugh at like Steve Ray Vaughan and all those guys, it's like they're still. The amazing monsters, yeah. amazing players uh what's the what's the guy with the x guitar oh uh, uh michelangelo michelangelo yeah. like <laughs> you know the guy that does this yeah. <laughs> this plays like an x guitar with just tapping all the way and i mean at the end of the day it's like you get those guys in a really good band with other players they can get along with i mean this is this is but the result the none of these guys got along yeah, that's the reason, the reason why this sounds so good <laughs> is because of the internal conflict. Another recommendation I will make for all 30 of you listeners out there, uh, listen to the uh, What the Fuck podcast with Mark Marin um, with uh, David Lee Roth. On oh, it. yeah. It's, oh, is that recent? It, no, it's like maybe three years ago. It's okay. absolutely batshit. Uh, but like his discussion of like the writing of this record and just like the Van Halen like dynamic altogether is incredible and worth the uh worth the investment of time yeah yeah it just sounds like a uh, marty mcfly like playing things into george mcfly's uh <laughs> headphones yeah. making my brain melt uh before they recorded this fade out i thought it was i forgot the, I forgot the drop dead legs <laughs> oh yeah fades like, out can't stop uh before they recorded this and they were kind of getting everybody was everywhere uh of course uh david lee roth was in South America, he was doing a little like touring and Eddie was like moving and they reunited in California for a show with Bowie and the Clash. So it's Holy shit. Van Halen and Bowie and Clash <laughs> and the Clash figured out that Van Halen was making like a million dollars to play the show and they were like, what? Like seriously, Van Halen 
because they weren't, you know, it wasn't 1984 Van Halen yet. So they kind of like, were like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, we can't be paid so low and like this band that is on the, the, the same level or even lower, you know, be making that much. And so they kind of, they got the promoter to raise it and that in turn raised Bowie. And <laughs> the funny thing is Van Halen was like, you know what our contract states? Our contract right here for this show states that we're the highest paid artists at the <laughs> venue. And so they're, they're basically like, they had to raise it. They didn't raise even have to, to ask for it. They just had to raise their pay because uh, everybody else got, you know, brought it up to that level. And then during the show, they kind of uh, made jokes at the Clash's expense, saying that they're drinking uh, real whiskey, not watered down tea like the Clash. They incited oh, riots. I mean, Van Halen is a, a, a ruckus. I don't know if I'd say raunchy, but they're just like, they want people to cause chaos. Oh yeah, they want they want the show to go off the rails every time. I mean, we can certainly say that about David Lee Roth. I mean, he's such a chaotic presence in general. <laughs> chaotic, chaotic, n- neutral. <laughs> I don't know. He's a um, he's chaotic neutral. Okay. <laughs> uh, man. Uh, so Michael Anthony. Um, have you guys ever seen that YouTube clip of him too drunk to play the bass, but doing a bass solo, uh, with his Jack Daniels bass, like at a live show? Yeah. They, these guys like to party. Yeah. Like when we talk about partying, like, I don't think any of us have ever actually partied in our lives <laughs> compared to some of the shit that these assholes got into. So Huff Teacher, that's uh, track one, side two. Yes, it is. Man, what's a, what a, what a fucking banger. You yeah. know it. So this went like what diamond in the states? Uh, it had four Ford's four singles, including "Jump," Van Halen's only number one single on the Billboard Hot 100. Top twenty hits were "Panama," "I'll Wait," and the MTV favorite "Hot for Teacher." The album was certified diamond um, in 1999, signifying yeah. 10 million. So uh, after Eddie Van Halen passed, which was really sad. Yeah, that wasn't even a year ago. Uh, 1984 entered the charts at 114 as song sales for Van Halen's catalog jump 7,800 percent, while the stream rise 660 percent. Wow. I mean, it's true. Van Halen was a masterful guitar player. So "All Way" is the other synth-heavy mm-hmm. song, right? Yeah, this is my favorite too, Kyle. Absolutely, it's so good. Which is still the Overheim. Uh, yeah, as far as I can tell, yeah. it's still the OBXA. On the video for Jump and on the tour, it's the OB8. Okay. Um, and somewhere at no, maybe I'll wait is the one that they uh, brought in with Roland because okay. at one point uh, Eddie's OBXA like was in the shop. Yeah, and he just started shit in the bed. So this might be it's, the Roland. It's the it's the OB8. This is the OB8. On this song. The rest of it's the, the XA. Okay. Yeah, there's some, like, uh, one of the roadies uh, for uh, Michael Anthony said that 1984 was actually written as a pre-his um, bass solo stuff. 
Um, and he takes credit for the uh, the programming and the writing of it with Michael Anthony, but it's not credited to yeah. the random roadie who claims it. So yeah. I don't know. The... I find it interesting, too, that, I mean, supposedly Eddie Van Halen, like, programmed a lot of this. Yeah. And he did everything. He just went off by himself and, like, was writing a majority of, like, the songs. Not the lyrics, mm-hmm. but the sort of the structures and getting the, you know... And getting the sounds. Getting the sounds, yeah. getting the tones. I mean, well, if the OBX A even had, like, presets, they were shit. Yeah. I mean, rarely do you find any that have, like, any of those older synths that actually have, like, a, a sound you want to use, unless you're talking about the Yamaha DX7 with its uh, with its Rhodes thing that everybody used on every single solitary. Uh, yeah. Album ever, but yeah, uh, yeah, he, he he made all the he all, made all those all those choices in programming. It's but this, cool. I mean, this was a long, long process. Mm-hmm. It took a year to create, produce this album, where the previous LPs were about two weeks, and their first <laughs> was recorded in five days. Uh, so they saw Def Leppard and Pyromania are like, you know what? Maybe we should spend a year in the studio. I really think that's what's hap- what happened. I think they, they saw that and maybe Eliminator a bit. Mm-hmm. I know that's probably closer to this, but I think they really had to, they felt like they needed something to interject. They saw how big those were and they knew they had the chops to do it. So How'd they go about picking this producer? I know that David Lee Roth used him for his two solo records as well, but uh, I don't know what else this guy's done. Yeah, Ted Templeman. Uh, I, he had done a Doobie Brothers and a Van Morrison before, but I don't know exactly what drew them to uh, to to do the the album with him hmm. in particular. I mean, oh, he was in Harper's Bazaar, the band. I mean, he had done their previous albums. Oh, well, never uh, mind then. Diver Down. I I don't know if he did Fair Warning. Yeah, he had done Fair Warning. Okay. Uh, Then they had a standing relationship. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't a new producer or anything like that. And I think that speaks to it because he was the first to do... uh, Oh, no, he had done earlier. Never mind. Just like working with him. He's the one who can handle Van Halen in the studio, apparently. Yeah, that's somebody you probably want to keep around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if, if, if everything is going okay. And you, you know, they keep coming back for more. Uh, they did promote this album. They ran a contest on MTV. The contest was called Lost Weekend with Van Halen. Fans <laughs> mailed over <laughs> one million postcards to MTV in hopes of winning the contest. In the promo for MTV, David Lee Roth said... <laughs> Should I do this in a Roth voice? Please. You yes. won't even know where you are. You won't know what's going to happen and when you'll come back. You're not going to have any memory of it. <laughs> Kurt Jeffries won the contest and was flown to Detroit to join the band. Jeffries was allowed to bring along his best friend. He was given a Lost Weekend t-shirt and a hat. He was also brought on stage and had a large sheet cake smashed in his face which was followed by, by about a dozen people pouring champagne on him. There you go, contest winners. <laughs> I mean, I would have done it. That's great. <laughs> I'm sure there was other shenanigans, but... Oh, Lord. I just love that they're like, a t-shirt and a hat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sure that's not all he got. 
mild onstage uh, humiliation. <laughs> <laughs> Probably crabs. Yeah, I was going to say. So great. Good. Yeah. gone bad right in the uh, ear holes that's a really quality deep cut that is i was saying it reminds me of yes yeah i mean this is a yes track the band yes yes super prog yeah those drums for sure i mean it has all the makings of a you know changes the different time signatures it's it's right there kind of neil pert-esque oh yeah this sounds a little like Genesis, if I'm being honest. Yeah, this is about as close as we're going to get to seeing some uh, 80s Genesis in this book, <laughs> I guess. God damn it. Justice for Abacab. <laughs> so, Birch, after listening to uh, the majority of this record with your friends, uh, what are your thoughts on it? What do I think? Yeah. Where do you stand? Where do I stand on this? Tough one. Tough one for me. I think I, think I can go positive. I have to think about it, but I think it's got enough going for it with things like All Wait, Panama, uh, Drop Dead Legs. If I can ignore, if I can ignore the lyric, the lyrics, I think it's a better album. Musically, it's a great album, um, except for when they they rely on their sort of, uh, I don't know what you call like that boogie that just like blues boogie mm-hmm. that Chicken. they kind of fall back on a little bit with top Jimmy. Yeah. Um, and the, came out in 1984. Yeah. Good call. Uh, and then I, I'm not a big fan of jump. I'm just not, I know it's, it, it breaks it's, my heart to hear it. It might I, be I re- because it's, it. it's completely overplayed and it's melted, you know, like I can't think of it objectively, but I just, Pontoon boat in the middle of Lake Monroe. You've had a couple of decent beers, and all of a sudden, jump comes on. It's true. It isn't anthemic. You're right. It's a a party jam, man. It's very anthemic. I I tend to like anthemic things like Queen, and yeah. Okay, okay. I will concede. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What do you think? Um, Well, total positive on my end. Um, It's a really spectacular last outing for uh the original crew i don't know if we're going to be getting any more van halen in this book i'd be i'd be surprised but yeah man like it i didn't skip any of the songs uh the like few times i i, I went through this and, yeah it's like, short it, enough and yeah it uh it, it clocks in at the exact right amount of time and brings a whole lot of energy so uh, yeah. positive on my end kyle what are your thoughts? I mean, I seen that footage of uh, when they're playing Jump live about ten years ago, and something goes wrong with the synth sample where it plays like way too fast, and <laughs> subsequently like in the wrong key. So like Eddie oh, tries to match it like on the fly, and it's a huge disaster. Oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh man! man. I to now. Check it out. I love this record. It's great. Yeah, positive, total positive. This is a cookout record. Put some hot dogs on the grill. Put on some. 
Van Halen, you're going to have a good time. I have to go positive as well. I, I mean, I have to I have to say, though, listening listening to it a few times now, I was kind of surprised. I was a little underwhelmed. Hmm. Yeah. Um, maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm used to having heard this on a cassette tape or something. Like, you know, when I was much younger, like everybody's dad had this tape. Um, and it was just definitely always around. Yeah, this is more um, than Indiana boat racing music, man. Yeah, that's probably part of it. I was a little, I was like, jump. I, like, I was like, where's the meat in this song? I, I couldn't find any meat in it. Like, I love the synthesizer. Maybe it's just like mixed a little, like, maybe that could have been more solid. I don't know. I love I'll Wait. I love Hot for Teacher. Drop Dead Legs is cool. Girl Gone Bad is cool. There's a whole lot that I like about the album. The lyrics and just sort of the just general 80s blues hammer attitude that is kind of going on in a lot of ways. Maybe I'm a little sick of, to be totally honest. But that being said, it's a totally fun album. Um, mostly, mostly, mostly great songs. I love David Lee Roth's voice. I think he's a fantastic singer. The band is on fire. I mean, there's not much else to say. Totally, totally, totally positive. Maybe just a little tired. Yeah. All right, next we'll be talking about Prince, Purple Rain. Woo!